0: Welcome to the Busted Business Bureau podcast. My name is Christian Borky. This podcast is produced by the Lincoln Lodge, and if you want to support this podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash bustedbizbureau. You are currently listening to the Monsanto season. Every episode stands alone. You can listen to them in any order. I would start with the first one, though. I would highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. I-, I would also recommend that. I am joined again by pop culture expert slash Drake Superstan, It. <laughs> it's
1: them. It's themy Neutron. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. Uh, no. I'm also joined by a woman who f- could fluently explain what the Superfund is but had no idea who Donald Rumsfeld is, Amy Doe.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know who he is.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, Donald Rumsfeld was sec- Secretary of Defense under Gerald Ford. I even put a paragraph it, uh, in here about him. because It's time to explain <laughs> Donald Rumsfeld. Um, I only know him as the Secretary of Defense, though, during Bush. Specifically, he was a sec- Secretary of Defense during um, Abu Ghraib. Does that mean anything to either one of you?
1: No. Can't say it does.
0: Uh, it was a really, really big torture and abuse scandal on Iraqi prisoners mm. during the mm. Iraq War. He tried to resign after it, and Bush was like, "No." <laughs> oh. And then, referencing Guantanamo Bay prisoners, later uh, they were talking about like making prisoners stand up for a long time in Guantanamo Bay for up to like four hours <laughs> in like the same position. Oh no. And then he wrote a hand note to them saying, "I stand for eight to ten hours a day. Why is standing limited to four hours?" Dr. <clears throat> Welcome to the Busted <laughs> Business Bureau <laughs> podcast. <Jeez. laughs> i sorry to start off with an insanely dark... I might <laughs> cut that. I just wanted Don't to care. tell you guys who Donald Rumsfeld no, is. No, that guy no. fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, boo. Piece of shit. Terrible guy. Oh, I also have a live show on October 1st. <laughs> I forgot to put that in the beginning. <laughs> oh, interesting.
1: Oh. Whose birthday could that possibly be? It
0: is, in fact, my birthday, October 1st. Oh. If you were this far into the season and you haven't gotten tickets yet, I would get your tickets now because yeah, they are it. probably running out by the time this episode airs. I Link in the description. Five
1: just now, so clock's ticking, everyone.
0: Oof. Yeah, that, catch those on Ticketmaster. They will be reselling for yeah. $5,000 a pop. <laughs> the gauntlet has been thrown down, y'all. <laughs> All right, instead of a charming anecdote or quote to button the episode, I'm just going to dive right the fuck in today. Ooh. Do it. I know, I know. Well, you know what? I'm apparently going to start with a fucking Donald Rumsfeld anecdote. Yeah. God. <laughs> Wait,
2: okay. Do either of you have any good... I'm. I'm. Assume, I've been told that this episode is about agriculture. Yeah.
0: Um, any farm stories? <laughs> well, I was going to do a little ad read for the place I get my vegetables every summer. Oh, okay. okay. I'm Angelic Organics. I get a box every two weeks. I split it with Sarah, and it's grown on a farm like two hours north from here. I celebrated God my birthday in like 2020 on the farm because I'm technically a shareholder in the farm, so I just got really? to go. Yeah, I went and I pet goats and I picked flowers and had a real fucking good time. Angelic Organics. Busted Business Bureau listeners get 10% off their first... Bu- I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 but yeah, Angelic Organics, Farmer John. There was a movie about him called The S- The Truth About Farmer John or The Search for Farmer John or something. He's just like a really fabulous guy wow. and he's also a farmer and he rocks. Aww. I know. That's, that's right. so cool. That shows every summer. Yeah. So I show up at like a location in Lakeview and just like pick up my box and then they fill it again in 2 weeks and they send it back to Lakeview. Wow. In 2 weeks from now. So, I get to go to the farm whenever I want. That's and I awesome. will, I can't wait to go again. That's my farm story. I love that. Yeah. Shout
1: out to Growing Home Inc. in Inglewood. They do a similar thing. They also have boxes of produce. They work with a lot of formerly incarcerated people, uh, teaching them how to work on a farm, helping them connect to jobs and certifications. Shout out to them. Uh, shout out to God. Shout out to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: the,
0: or- the original farmer. <laughs> Did Jesus invent agriculture? I was talking about God. <laughs> what? <laughs> Same guy. <laughs> Same guy, different font. <laughs> Amy's been eminently quotable this entire
1: series. (laughs) Okay.
2: My farm story is that. (laughs) (laughs) What? I'm not allowed to tell a farm story. I would love to hear the farm story. In Japan, in the tiny town that my grandma's from, um, there's my grandma's house and then a rice paddy right behind. And how they like spray down the um, rice plants with pesticides and stuff is by using a remote control helicopter. Cool.
0: Cool. Is it like a little to- like toy helicopter? Or is it like a farming helicopter?
2: It's a remote control helicopter that's about the size of like um a, a like a like a Mac monitor, like a big one. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, and guys in like safety gear and helmets come and stand in the f- edge of the field with a big old remote oh, so controller. it's not a toy. And it's it is a farming tool. Sure, I'm. Pr- I'm pretty sure that you know, as like practice, you know, um, the, the 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 farm drone guys mm-hmm. really uh, take them out for a spin every now and again, <laughs> you know, to like test the spray efficacy or whatever. Noise. I'm pretty nice. sure they like have put water in it and like sprayed each other or something. That <laughs> sounds like a that sounds like a fun Just hazing go activity.
1: F- summer fun.
0: <laughs> Just dudes being broke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's part one of this episode, History of Seeds. If I actually did not ex- in like an exhaustive... Oh, sorry. Wait, hang on. I, I'll i edit half of what I say out of this fucking episode. No, don't
1: edit it. They need to see how the milk is made.
0: <laughs> yeah, we need to see Christian squeezing these sentences out.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so this episode is titled The Roundup Episode mm-hmm. for good reason, because Roundup refers to two different products that are basically Monsanto's flagship thing. It is the okay. thing that launches them into the global agricultural business, agricultural technology or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's called the Roundup episode. History of seeds. If I actually did an exhaustive history on seeds, we'd be sitting here all day. But at risk of stating the obvious, the way seeds have worked since literally agriculture began Mm -hmm. is that we plant them, have a yield or whatever, and we save the seeds to then plant them in the future. Mm. Over time, this is how you get different varieties of tomatoes, for example. Mm -hmm. I know personally from Angelic Organics, like, he takes a tomato. If it's a really good yield, like, those tomato seeds might... you know yield sweeter tomatoes or bigger Mm. tomatoes or whatever like that's just how agriculture has worked for forever Uh, and that's how evolution works just like sometimes you get bigger tomatoes then they yield bigger tomatoes you know what Mm -hmm. i mean Mm -hmm. so uh, at angelic organics his corn is like sweeter the carrots are fucking massive somebody complained that they were horse-sized carrots anyways (laughs) (laughs) it's just all it's different part of the difficulty of farming is that there are invasive weeds that grow and kill plants that Farmers are trying to cultivate. Mm-hmm. The advent of herbicides in the whatever century was a blessing and a curse. Herbicides, by design, kill any plant life that they touch. Mm. Thusly, farmers need to be careful about only spraying it on weeds, otherwise, their crops will die. Right. They have to go in with like a tiny little
2: spray gun and go, tss. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. When or where they spray herbicide becomes another annoying part of the whole equation of being a farmer, which is already quite a difficult job. Mm-hmm. Mm. Enter the invention of Roundup in the 20th century which is an herbicide that is made from glyphosate. We talked about it briefly last episode. Uh, it's the thing that comes out of the ground that then... It, the, it's slag. The, the thing that... Slag. Slag. Remember? Slag. slag. <laughs> 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 glyphosate is made by refining phosphorus down to its elemental state, and then something-something mm, something, science, okay, now it's Okay, the herbicide. phosphorus is connecting. Yep, yeah. yep, the dots are connecting. For its first 20-ish years, this product was banging for Monsanto. Farmers loved it. I guess glyphosate makes this herbicide quite potent mm-hmm. but it is still fundamentally like any other herbicide like there's nothing mm-hmm. special about everything it. dies yeah. yeah do you remember in the first episode that i told you that monsanto was spending a fuck ton of money in research and development yes mm-hmm. and how they had a lot of pharmaceutical scientists and herbicide scientists herbicide i keep saying herbicide <laughs> mm-hmm. in the 90s they launch what they pitch as a cool idea uh-oh. What if I told you it was possible to take DNA of something like a tomato and edit it so as to be completely impervious to the herbicide roundup? Mm.
1: Tomato's extreme.
0: <laughs> Super tomato. You could be growing your tomatoes and blast them all you want with this herbicide, thereby eliminating bugs but keeping the tomatoes. Imagine the world. Even further, what if instead of breeding generations and generations of tomatoes to yield bigger, sweeter, longer-lasting ones, what if you just edited their DNA to circumvent the process? Mm. What if you could program a tomato to grow faster? Imagine the efficiency. Imagine the possibilities. Imagine the amount of famine you could prevent. The amount of unused topsoil you'd save. The amount of uh, people that you could feed. Ah, are we enjoying (laughs) enjoying the world hunger. Exactly. Are we enjoying the view right now?
2: Yeah. I love it. Uh, I I feel very pitched too.
0: Yeah, uh, GMOs contain, this is, so this is the rise of GMOs, genetically right. modified organisms, which I did not know that they contain DNA from other th- things, no. like that's how they edit it, so they'll take like genes from a cauliflower and put it into a tomato and that's how it can be bigger. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that neat? Yeah, that is interesting. It is also why we made breakthroughs in insulin for people. Oh, what? I have no idea. Tomatoes? Not tomatoes, no, um, GMOs. like uh, g- Genetically modifying shit is how we got to insulin for humors, like cool. humans making artificial
1: insulin. This is this like the plot of the new uh, Jurassic Park movies?
0: No, I'm so glad that you brought that up.
1: Oh, shit. <laughs> this is where it's going.
0: In ni- <laughs> We're gutting to dinosaurs, I promise. In 1996, Monsanto introduces a line of corn, soybeans, and potatoes that are Comb. roundup ready. Uh, that is, they <laughs> genuinely... <laughs> Did you say corn? Oh, you say like the corn kid? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Corn Kid. So these, uh, this corn, soybeans, and potatoes are Roundup Ready. That is, they can genuinely grow after being treated with one of the world's most potent herbicides. What do you guys think is going to happen?
1: Dinosaurs.
0: <laughs> You're so right. Oh my god, we did it. You got it.
2: <laughs> Case closed. Episode done. <laughs> Doesn't it poison the soil?
0: Okay that's one guess, uh, <laughs> correct? Okay, all right. Any other guesses out here? Based and, on I mean, what you've been listening to for the past um, four and a half well, hours. and just because it kills the plants,
2: like, what happens when we eat that then? Okay, correct. <laughs> <laughs> Any other guesses Well, I'm hearing the there
1: are no wrong answers.
2: <laughs> You're kind of hearing right. <laughs> I'm hearing that, like, the vibes are good on the surface, but it's the kind of party where, like, if you go to the basement, there there is, in fact, um bad <laughs> there's asbestos uh, in the air
0: yeah. what a fantastic metaphor way that to finish so that co- sentence the <laughs> book <laughs> <laughs> was made my friend listen i squeezed and nothing came out <laughs> so if your answer was maybe do people get cancer from this the answer is yes environmental oh. degradation of course untold human misery you betcha i don't think any new diseases come out of this one but here's the thing this is not going to be the focus of the episode, but mm-hmm. you could basically find and replace almost any scenario from the past two episodes and mm-hmm. just apply it to Roundup. Right. Dang. Cancer, hiding stuff, getting in with government officials, making mm-hmm. sure that things aren't regulated the way that they should be. Mm-hmm. Same shit, different toilet, if you will. Yeah. But that's not what this episode's going to be about. Ooh. I know we're going somewhere <laughs> different. I've done a lot of just, like, (laughs) untold body horror and human misery, and (laughs) it's like, man, this is going to get unlistenable at some point. It's
1: dinosaur time.
0: It's dinosaur time. Uh, I promise this is short, but just to reference the, like, cancer, untold human misery, uh, this is a Dan Charles writer from NPR. Quote, Miller, who's a lawyer on the people side, and his legal team showed the juries a whole collection of internal Monsanto emails. In one, company executives described phone calls with an official at the EPA. As Miller describes it, the official said, quote, I don't need to see any more studies. I'm going to declare Roundup safe, and I'm going to stop another agency from looking at it. Another Monsanto <laughs> executive dis- discussed ghostwriting papers on glyphosate safety that scientists could publish under their own names. No. All three trials ended with resounding verdicts in favor of the cancer victims. The juries ordered Bayer to pay, because it's Bayer now, mm-hmm. to pay huge punitive damages. In the most recent case, the damages totaled $2 billion. <laughs> Now I wouldn't put that quote in for no reason. Just keep Lex government agency vibes. Yeah, like in your in your noggin. Mm-hmm. You it. This episode we're gonna be talking about patent laws.
1: Ooh, Ooh. patent laws.
0: Yeah, that is the full weight of Monsanto's legal arm will be felt, and it will be spectacular and it's evil.
1: An
0: <laughs> this will be sciency, legally, Uh-oh. politically. Meow meow. Who is ready? Meow meow. That's awesome.
1: A Jordan Peele movie. Uh,
0: literally. Cool. <laughs> This is from a CNN Money article. The chair of Monsanto at this time is Richard Shapiro, who was the guy who's not important enough to be in the dropout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But
1: it is Ben Shapiro's father. Ben Can- Shapiro's canonically.
0: <laughs> canonically. Qu- uh, quote, look, he says impatiently, I don't think it ultimately matters where... Whether my soul is pure or I want to make a lot of money for share owners, we come out at the same place.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: You do just hear a, a sentence that you're like, oh, that came out of an evil person.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, Jesus yeah. Lord. Uh, oh, man, you exist on the same place <laughs> that I do.
1: Yeah, right? I thought you were a
0: cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> he sounded like he should be in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> This episode will take the shape of a bunch of like strands, like strands of hair being braided together. That's ah. what I've decided the shape of the episode corn is. Corn rose, if you will. Oh, so true. Ooh, corn. Corn. <laughs> Cone. Corn rose. <laughs> We're making something great here, ladies. <laughs> Part 0.0, 0 for We're some reason. We're making something amazing.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Everyone must die in this room.
0: No, don't
2: laugh at that. Laugh. I got a yes. No from, I got
0: a this. yes. I got one yes. There could be 100 people in a room. <laughs> and the only one supporting Amy is our producer, Christine, who is not on mic. I love <laughs> a
2: good corn pun.
0: <laughs> Coming out of the shadows for one line on the podcast. I'm so glad she finally got a word in. <laughs> See? This is what I'm doing. I'm empowering. <laughs> Amy's empowering women. <laughs> I'm a feminist.
1: Support women in STEM.
0: <laughs> in STEM. Like, play it. Damn it! Everyone <laughs> must go! <laughs> Part 0. 0.0, Flavor Saver. Oh? let's. We're starting with a non-Monsanto product that will be important in laying the groundwork for how we'll understand, evaluate, and distribute genetically modified crops, like Roundup ready beans or whatever. Okay. So throughout the 1980s, the biotech company Calgene, or Calgene, I'm going to say Calgene, it sounds very exotic, was developing a really cool kind of tomato, I want to expand on more on the story on this. But they were basically building off exciting and new GMO science. Apparently the first genetically modified organism was only made in like 72. Oh, oh really? <laughs> yeah. Tomatoes have this problem where they have a really short shelf life between being picked and being eaten. I do I do know this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The way that most tomatoes are transported is that they're picked when they're unripe, shipped long distances, and then sprayed with ethylene gas, which acts as a plant hormone. Hmm.
3: What?
0: So they're like, I guess uh, Toggling plant puberty once they get the sh- to the shelves? Wow. I had
2: no idea. Maybe Isn't either. that the same gas that comes out of ripening bananas?
0: Ooh, I don't know.
2: Yeah. Can you say that again as a statement? <laughs> I think that's the thing that comes out of bananas. Noise, <laughs> Like the same gas, which is why you put the bananas in a paper bag if you want them to ripen faster. So the concentration of the gas that they're releasing oh. also tells their siblings, what? I mean, the banana that's next to them. <laughs> yeah, is it a sibling or is that a lover? <laughs> why not both? <laughs> Amy! <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're talking about GMOs here, okay? Podcast so off the rails. <laughs> Literally, they're
0: going to think we were trapped here the entire time.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: the flavor saver tomato is a tomato that is that extends the point between being picked and being eaten. So it extends mm-hmm. the plant's shelf life. So I think that saves are also the bitter. flavor. Sa- it uh, Saves the flavor. It's also spelled flavor saver with no O's because you're saving time, I guess. Like spelling it. Nice. <laughs> Why is that like a flavor saver? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> the the Flavsov was introduced by Calgene Why in, in something like nine. <laughs> <laughs> Something like 1992 or 1994. It had been tested all throughout the 80s, but it was only ready to be sold in the 90s. As it's the first of its kind, you're probably wondering, how did the FDA approve of it relatively quickly? Part 0.1. The science slash FDA opinion on genetically modified crops. <clears throat> Ooh. Generally... We have to extensively test the toxicity of things like food coloring or other Mm -hmm. food additives because Mm -hmm. they're not naturally occurring. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is our general legal framework that we are looking at this by. By virtue of the fact that they're food additives, the FDA is hesitant to let it unregulated into the U.S. food economy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That said, when we were coming up with those rules to say we're going to test the toxicity of food coloring, the main argument from Calgene and others who were trying shit at the same time was something to the effect of we're not introducing additives. We're changing the fundamental DNA of the plants. It is mm-hmm. therefore natural, not an additive, and it is generally recognized as safe. That is, like, the argument. Okay. Wow. Okay. So, with the FDA... It's a cute little loophole. Uh-huh. Yeah. The FDA, with its... Uh, relatively limited understanding and heavy business bias mm-hmm. uh, was like, dope. In its life, you don't need to run long-term tests on its safety or toxicity. As a result, we have never once had a long-term human study on the impact of GMOs. We still really don't. Mm. Okay, Really? That's mm-hmm. so surprising. Mm-hmm. I believe this is a quote from Marie Monique Robin, but I did not attribute it to her. I'm pretty sure this is from Marie Monique Robin's The World According to Monsanto, written in 2005. It is the the book I've been referencing this entire podcast. Seminal text. Seminal text. Quote, it's important to know that it contained, oh, I can't read, whatever the fuck this is, kinemisin resistance gene, and that its inventors had rightly concluded that the gene should be considered a food additive. They had therefore asked a laboratory to conduct C- to conduct toxi... I'm just going to start again. <laughs> this is a quote from Marie Monique Robbins' book, The World According to Monsanto. Quote, but it is important to know that it contained the kanamycin resistance gene and that its inventors had rightly concluded that the gene should be considered a food additive. They had therefore asked a laboratory to conduct toxicology tests designed to measure the health effects of transgenic tomatoes on rats. Transgenic meaning like genes. Mm-hmm. They've... Uh, moved them. Moved. Yeah transgenic tomatoes on rats. But the FDA did not know yet the results of the study when it published its own regulation. Oh. <laughs> it was later found that seven of the 40 test animals had died after two weeks for unexplained reasons and that a significant number of them had developed stomach lesions. Even so, adhering to its dogma, the agency had given Calgene the green light on May eighteenth, nineteen 1994. Wow. <laughs> I also have a question. Yeah, what's up?
2: Well, I guess then... If they ran toxicology tests, then they also made other different rats eat nothing but normal, un-GMO tomatoes for mm. two weeks. Mm. I feel like that would give anyone stomach lesions. <laughs> Are you talking about, like, the acid in tomatoes? Yeah.
0: Hmm. I do not know enough about
2: science Neither to do I. dispute that. I do But I feel like if I ate nothing but tomatoes for two weeks, I would feel a type of way as well. Hmm. That's not me playing devil's advocate and saying that GMOs should all I be good. Don't know, <laughs> no, <baby.
0: laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit like. It seems like you're playing the devil's advocate of so, somebody who doesn't know. What uh, I science. just, I just am more curious to read this study. I would also mm-hmm. be curious to read the study. I will say, I, I, feel like I'm very open about the fact that I don't read the studies. I just read. What
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you read what other people have written about yeah, the study. You read exactly. what French
1: people have said about <laughs> <laughs> the
0: same. I'm glad you brought up that she's French again because I feel like it, it did need to be said. Yes. So this flavor saver hits the market, but it never really takes off honey she flopped mm. she did not give what needed to be given by tomato standards <laughs> <laughs> this tomato is really expensive to produce oh, for obvious reasons okay. it also comes with it the widespread global hesitance towards gmos this mm-hmm. is a really big thing in the late 90s mm. a bunch of tv news stations start publishing animal studies that similarly do not look very good there's a kind of gmo panic in the 90s <clears throat> This is also a fun fact per Wikipedia. The FDA did not implement mandatory labeling of foods derived from biotechnology, so like labeled mm-hmm. bio- en- bioengineered, mm. until January 2022. <laughs> yeah, isn't that like an Obama-era policy that like wasn't a dot, it was like held up for a long time? Yeah, we had talked about this kind of in episode one. Mm. They were going to do mandatory labeling of all GMO foods, and then they settled for putting it like behind a barcode. Oh, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the Flavor Saver hits the market. It flops. Calgene spent a lot of money on this for no good they reason. They thought it was going to be the it girl. Mm-hmm. But you want to know what happened to Calgene? It was acquired by Monsanto. Woo!
1: Oh, snap.
0: Yeah, That was my little John. (laughs) That was good.
1: That was a good little John. Thank
0: you. I've been working on that for a long time. Monsanto shelved this flower sour tomato, but in the process of acquiring Calgene, it also got its hand on hands on a number of patents that will help it gain a monopoly in certain areas of GMO crops. Mm. Here we go. What were the patents? Mm, They have a bunch of fucking numbers, (laughs) but we'll talk about them. We'll talk talk about uh,
1: them. Two six six
0: to ooh. shout out 268 266,
1: 266 ooh, Were they were they one.
2: patents for like the physical plants or were they patents for like the technology
0: that Allowed That's the cheese, but spa- okay.
1: About. Ooh, spoilers.
0: It didn't really matter that Flavor Saver had flopped in the grand scheme of things. It opened the floodgates for a shit ton of other GMO stuffs mm-hmm. because it was the thing that the FDA said, "Okay, this is fine." The so blueprint. everyone, it was the she was the blueprint, honey. The pink print, the, red, the <laughs> tomato print. <laughs> she was the pink. The print. Nicki Minaj. The yeah. <laughs> I love that album. Part 0.1 Why did I label those like this? I don't think I kept labeling them like this (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, part 0.1 JEM versus Pioneer Hybrid So this is a completely separate thing We're about to start talking about Remember two seconds ago when I said Monsanto acquired a number of patents Yes. Let's talk about patent law 2001 you might remember from episode 1 a surprise tool to help us later. Clarence Thomas yes. was a Monsanto attorney in the 70s before he eventually landed on the Supreme Court. Oh god, shout out. There is a major case of actually law. reverse shout out silence. <laughs> <laughs> a moment of silence for the life of Clarence Thomas.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh.
0: So J E M, they're both like I don't know agriculture companies. I don't fucking care. J E M resold Pioneer corn seed bags without authorization from Pioneer. Pioneer found out and sued for patent infringement. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like you're taking you're taking my secret special corn.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Cone.
0: Cone. <laughs> sorry. The argument I guess boiled down to is a sexually reproducing plant's progeny also allowed to be patented. That becomes mm. the fundamental question of this case. So, Clarence Thomas authors the majority decision that, yes, (laughs) and Pioneer wins. The majority opinion is that Congress hasn't passed anything saying otherwise. Oh my God. And counting plants (laughs) as something you could patent fits with their current, like our current laws and understanding of patents. Okay. So they're like, for sure. There's also some legal precedent for this Mm -hmm. called Chabernathy versus something. Mm -hmm. Anyways, they say that, yes, sexually reproducing plants' progeny is also allowed to be patented. Okay. Wow. All right, I know. We are, uh, we're doing this, th- we're braiding this together, y'all. I'm very excited braiding about
1: this. Braiding the threads.
0: Braiding the threads. I mean, nope. honestly, from like,
2: this works with humans, too. How do you mean? Nepotism babies. Are you calling
0: corn nepotism babies? <laughs> 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 no, I'm just <laughs> You lost me. Okay. How
2: my brain (laughs) what my brain did just now. Give me your L-word red tape (laughs) like connecting. Parent corn patented. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? And the question is, is the baby also a patent if the parent is patented? Mm -hmm. Right?
3: Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, like, famous people's babies are also famous, even though they've done nothing to be famous other than be related to the famous people.
0: Uh-huh. Your mind is an elegant tapestry that <laughs> I Jesus love seeing weaved before me every day.
1: <laughs> Lord of <laughs> <have> mercy. <laughs> it's happening over there?
0: There's a lot happening in all of our minds. <laughs> are we brain-rotted? Maybe. I think we're expanding. So, Ooh, I love that for us. Yuck. Nothing. <sighs> Now what Monsanto is able to do with its business strategy is explicitly write in its contract of Roundup-ready crops crops, that you cannot save or store any of the genetically modified seeds from year to year. You have to buy new ones every year. Whoa, so that you are only growing clones of whatever they
2: have in their laboratory, basically.
0: I don't think clones is the right word. Like, they make a certain amount of the seeds every year for these Roundup-resistant plants. They say you cannot save them yourself and create your own progeny from uh-huh. them. We have to keep selling you new ones. Right, so
2: you have to keep buying them from the source. Exactly. Which like just puts yeah. you back because mm-hmm. one of the reasons why farming eventually becomes profitable for small farmers is that over time, if you collect your own seeds, then you don't have to pay anyone to get seeds.
0: Mm-hmm. So true, bestie. <laughs> wow. And. Like I mentioned at the beginning, this goes against like the thousands and thousands of years of agriculture yeah. practices that humans yeah. have just simply done. Yeah. They which said is save seeds year to year. Yeah, they said evolution ends here. <laughs> <laughs> they said enough. <laughs> enough is enough. This is the
2: tomato's final form. <laughs> yeah. We're done inventing tomatoes. This is I this feel like I art.
1: have vaguely heard that before. That like a lot of produce is actually just a descendant of like one thing.
0: Oh.
1: And like. like bananas. Yeah. yeah. I keep talking yeah, about bananas. bananas I, I don't know why. Yeah.
0: yeah. Aren't all bananas the same like species now? Yeah. 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 They're just. They used to be purple
1: or some shit. Oh, I didn't
0: know that. I think there still are it's different of kinds of bananas.
1: Yeah. I, think I mean, are I was bananas. talking
2: about
0: like, the the Gros Michel banana. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And we're all familiar with the Grossman well, Michelle. Well, of course, uh,
1: the Grossman Michelle banana.
0: <laughs> so, the banana. Yeah, this goes against, again, tens, tens of thousands of years of human history, or millions. I don't know. How long have we had agriculture? I don't fucking know.
1: <sighs> Ten days. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Additionally, farmers are meant to sign a technology agreement when they acquire the seeds. A technology agreement? Mm-hmm. I have, in fact, read the technology agreement, circa 2008. I'm about to read to you the Center for Food Safety's report about it, circa 2005. It's it's a relevant time period. Quote, when they sign Monsanto's technology agreement, farmers consent to significant invasions of their private property and personal records. The agreement allows Monsanto to access records concerning farmers' activities held by a number of third parties, such as the U.S. government. In particular... The agreement allows Monsanto to review USDA Farm Service Agency crop reporting information on any land farmed by the grower. Access to the FSA form helps Monsanto to determine how many bags of seed a farmer was sold and how many acres of a particular crop were planted. This data can also be used to identify adjacent fields owned by neighboring growers, who may themselves be potential targets of Monsanto's investigations without their consent.
2: Oh, because if like stuff gets into the soil, then uh,
0: mm-hmm. soil what? doesn't listen to fences. You might have just said, did you just say investigations? Yes, I did. <clears throat> Anyways. Smooth. Yeah, I know, right? Very smooth. So here's uh, an additional two pieces from the agreement that are reproduced by the Center for Food Safety. Quote, this is like in the agreement itself. Mm-hmm. To allow Monsanto to examine and copy any records and receipts that could be relevant to the grower's performance of this agreement. Two, if Monsanto reasonably believes that a grower has planted saved cotton seed containing a Monsanto genetic trait, Monsanto will request invoices or otherwise confirm that fields in question have been planted with newly purchased seed. Otherwise
2: confirmed? Yeah, I bolded that. If this
0: information is not provided within 30 days, Monsanto may inspect and test all of the growers' fields to determine if saved cotton seed has been planted. What the hell? So, <laughs> this is going to get pretty freaking nut-nut. But what are our initial impressions? Well,
2: first of all, I've like been in this room listening to this kind of stuff so long that like words like investigation, mm. affidavit, human atrocity, <laughs> um, and weird hitherto unknown to humankind cancer Mm -hmm. honestly doesn't faze me anymore. (laughs) no. (laughs) She's been (laughs) shell-shocked. I was like, you know what? The investigation should have been the word that jumped out to me, Uh but instead I was thinking about dirt (laughs) and how dirt doesn't listen to where fences are, and I think that's cool Mm -hmm. about dirt. Yeah. But unfortunately, this is going to be bad for dirt. Mm -hmm. I can already tell later. Oh,
0: poor dirt.
1: Yeah. This, the first thing that comes to mind is that I feel like I, I know a lot of, look, I know a lot about racism. Uh-huh. And what I do know is a lot about uh, slavery and segregation. There were a lot of things that people got away with because there simply were not laws written down to say they couldn't. Yeah. And this feels like a lot of that.
0: This, you, I think you're so right. There is not mm-hmm. a law saying you can't do it, so yeah. let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> So it must be good, so yeah therefore mm. this is a new exciting technology, not a hitherto <laughs> unforeseen human atrocity. <laughs> <laughs> so here's where we're gonna go with this, right? It's that Monsanto is absolutely gonna start suing the shit out of people
3: mm. and I mean
0: suing the absolute fucking shit out of it. But I wanted to take a step back and think like, what's the industry standard for? Suing your own customers? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But there isn't really a lot of technology out there like a plant. That is, your TV doesn't birth another TV when you get it. You know what I mean? I wish.
2: That would be cute.
0: I want to do a step. It would be adorable. It it births out a little phone.
2: (laughs) mini, mini little tablet, and then you can grow and, like, nourish it with, like, I don't know, streaming services
1: pay attention on? to it
0: it's love rude. it and it gets bigger <laughs> we're thinking about baby tv <laughs> i'm bored
1: baby tv is a phone now <laughs> <laughs> to
0: me What's my phone is baby happened? tv <laughs> <laughs> yeah you
2: watching a lot of
0: stuff on your phone yeah i do <laughs>
1: jesus
0: so anyways, I did want to establish some sort of normal when it comes to patent infringement just so I could set Monsanto next to something. Mm-hmm. So if we like start crazy, how are we going to get crazy? Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. I could literally find zero examples of major companies suing their own customers yeah. for patent infringement. That's nuts. Some of the closest examples I can think of were like knockoff bag distributors. Mm-hmm. The thing is, it's just not worth it to ever sue them individually, though, because right. most lawsuits against them are customer to customer for like counterfeit goods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dolce & Gabbana doesn't sue some random New York bag seller. Like, yeah. it just is not worth the time and money, yeah. and right. you'll get nothing out of it.
1: Plus, they make them.
0: Yeah, plus, <laughs> they make them. <laughs> I then thought of bootlegged Adobe software, Photoshop, Acrobat, Illustrator. The day that Adobe launched its cloud based series in 2013, so like its move Mm -hmm. away from Mm disks, that day it was pirated, (laughs) (laughs) publicly available. Yeah, Adobe focuses on employers who are bootlegging it, which Mm. is hardly ever like a mom-and-pop shop. It's always like a big company. Right. The most recent one that I could find was against Forever 21. Obsessed. (laughs) May they rest.
1: Used to work there. Shout it. Hope hope y'all end your lives soon. Let's go. Did you
0: work in Forever 21 corporate or like the store? I
1: worked in the store.
0: Ah, Well, apparently at Forever 21 corporate, they were all bootlegging Adobe products. (laughs) Let's
1: go. That sounds right up their (laughs)
0: alley. So Adobe sues employers like that. So in a way... Is suing its own customers, but its customers mm. are all like huge businesses, right? Yeah. And yeah. so it's not really a, like a big business to Farmer John, situation. exactly. Yeah. So
1: or Johnette.
0: or Johnette, yeah. <laughs> I know that you're just referencing my farmer, yes. of Farmer John, <laughs> yes. but th- not th- that he would ever buy Monsanto seed. No, oh my God, no, he, he would never, he would never, it. he would never. Farmer John slays.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so in that way. Uh, this is another Monsanto invention, suing the shit out of your own customers (laughs) that are rural farmers. I did not look up any other GMO company suing its customers. It's perhaps also what they do. It's
2: because Monsanto's the blueprint. Monsanto's
0: the blueprint. I'm just one girl with a hobby podcast, so if there's more GMO companies suing their customers, like I don't know, man. I I, I just wanted to say that Monsanto is really out here inventing new shit every day. Let's go. Please
2: support Christian on Patreon.
0: Yeah, please. Please. (laughs) (laughs) So, we're going to talk about uh the first farmer not the first one but just a very important farmer lawsuit for patent infringement. Who's the farmer? <laughs> His name is Percy Schmeiser. He lives in the farmer town Farmer
2: Schmeiser. Farmer Bruce. Schmeiser.
0: He lives in the town of Bruno, Saskatchewan in Canada.
1: Saskatchewan.
0: Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan is where my favorite beaver YouTuber lives. <laughs> Do you know several for YouTubers?
2: No, I only subscribe to Mike.
1: It's also where uh, John Campia lives. Shout out to John Campia of the John Campia Podcast. Let's go.
0: Aw, shout out. He uh, Percy Schmeiser takes over his family farm in 1954. I guess it's also a gas station and a farm equipment store. Okay. It's a whole operation. No. Oh. He has been a very active community member in Bruno, Saskatchewan. He was even part of the team that picked the flag of Saskatchewan. Oh, wow. huge. I know. I believe he was briefly mayor.
2: And oh, this wow.
0: man will become important enough to have several movies made about him. Oh, my what? Gosh. One of which is titled Percy, starring Christopher Walken in the titular role. Of this portrayal, his son says, Okay, wait.
2: Oh, That's such a serve, though. Like, imagine— Work.
0: That's such a compliment— That Christopher Walken plays you in a movie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. -hmm. Mm. Well, his son says, quote, my mom was a little disappointed that Christopher Walken had a goatee, as my father never did. (laughs) But in the end, we're very happy about the portrayal. I'm actually going to play a clip. Um... I just clip. think
1: I should have a goatee.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna play a clip from this trailer. There's <laughs> a Sire Christopher.
1: That's what Christopher. Was. The
0: person who is playing yeah, a Santo lawyer truly a... is a jump scare, but I'm gonna play oh, it for the two sorry. of you. I think I will edit in the audio so that way like everyone else can hear it. Yeah. But let's go. Here we go. Don't look at my YouTube recommended, it's all catch points. Okay. Oh no! No sound. Okay. Here we go. We're doing it. It's gonna be like twenty seconds
1: for Mr.
2: Percy (laughs) Schlesinger.
0: Monsanto is claiming the canola you grew in... Zach Braff!
1: (laughs) Dater of young women, Zach Braff.
0: (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. I just wanted to emphasize that Zach Braff is the main evil lawyer the entire movie. (laughs) It's all Zach Braff.
1: Really?
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's incredible.
0: Anyways, this film, it, it, the trailer is like a Home Depot commercial turned horror movie. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, nope vibes. It gives big nope vibes. I don't really want
1: to watch that. What's the movie
0: called? It's called Percy. It was released in 2020 starring Christopher Walken. What streaming services is it like? I have no idea.
1: <laughs> figure out.
0: Uh, can't be fucked to find out. <laughs> Anyways, so this movie comes out in the f- in the year of our Lord 2020. Uh, I just wanted to say that Zach. In Braff the year of our Lord 2020. J- yes. Oh my God! I thought it was from a while ago. No. <laughs> Zach Braff had this meaty role in literally 2020. Oh, blender blue is picking up my computer again. Oh, to put it. I'm
1: sorry. I'd be so scared that you would accidentally roll over <laughs>
0: it. Oh, that so is so good. nice of you. I'm getting on my phone to Google how I can watch this movie. <laughs> I'm busy. Podcast <laughs> Yes. <laughs> All right, fine. So anyways, he takes over his family business in 1954. In 1997, there was a truck that passed by his farm that would forever change the course of his life, or maybe a bird changed the course of his life. The Uh-oh. thing is, we don't really know. Shout out birds. So <laughs> either way... It's either through a truck spill or animals moving seeds around that some Monsanto Roundup Ready canola would end up on his farm.
1: Hold, this is quite literally the plot to the new Jurassic War. <laughs> <laughs> this is so like the same thing.
0: <laughs> I will actually tell this in the most pro Monsanto way possible, so as to continue illustrating how fucked up all this is. But it is well acknowledged, I believe, that it is an accident that the first seeds land on his farm. Okay, it's somehow a bird or a truck or whatever. So. He had sprayed on the wind. He had sprayed weeds around it with the Roundup herbicide and noticed that those plants it didn't have much of an effect on them. Uh huh. So the next year, it's some like ninety percent of his farm uh, canola yield was Monsanto's Roundup Ready canola. Mm -hmm. They're able to tell by testing the DNA of the plants, indicating that he figured out that he had Roundup Ready canola and just saved the seeds for next year. But he had never actually bought them. They just they happened upon his farm. Right. He saved them, planted the shit out of them for next year. Mm Hmm. Then had like more than 90% of Monsanto seeds on his field. Mm. Monsanto catches wind of this, and if you're thinking a random Saskatchewan farmer, why does Monsanto know? We'll talk about it. <laughs> and they decide to politely serve him some papers. It's something to the effect of, please don't plant this canola anymore, also pay us a bunch of money, and this won't go to court. Percy's played by Zach Braff. Uh, played by Zach Braff. <laughs> yeah, Zach Braff personally delivered the papers. <laughs> Percy says, no, actually, I'm going to save my fucking seeds because it's my farm. and I can do whatever I want. And also, I never signed anything. Right. So go fuck yourself. Monsanto brings the entire weight of their legal team down on this one man. And he will spend the rest of his life, his life savings and most of his waking hours trying to fight against Monsanto. Oh, wow. Holy oh, shit. They punish this man for being alive. To reframe, Monsanto spends the next 20-odd years just squishing this guy into the ground despite the fact that he had absolutely no discernible market influence. Like, it was a big farm, but he's not a multinational corporation, you know what I mean? He's a farmer. And now there are movies being made about this guy. Yeah. And, And like, they're pro Percy. Mm Mm-hmm initially and forgive me a lot of this is from wikipedia but initially monsanto would ask him to pay the technology fee for using their patented seed mm-hmm. the that's the uh, first thing that he says fuck no to he says fuck you zach braff i'm not doing that <laughs> then in court they sought 15 dollars per acre which at uh 1030 acres would be about fifteen thousand dollars plus okay. costs then it becomes because the court is like no then right. it becomes a principal thing he's using our patented technology without paying for it and you can't do that that's wrong that's illegal so the court rules 5-4 to four that Percy did, in fact, infringe on Monsanto's patent. However, because he didn't spray his crops with Roundup after, like, the first year, uh, he received literally no benefits of this patented genetic modification. Thus, they ruled 9-0 that he didn't owe Monsanto anything. Uh-huh. Let's go. Let's go. Yes. But he still had to pay for all of his legal fees. Oh, God no. Damn. And he becomes somewhat of a folk hero in... The agriculture community for right. spending the rest of his life fighting against Monsanto. Yeah. He did die in 2020.
2: Oh, R.I.P. to a
0: king. I know. 89 years old. We'll do. To
1: Christopher. Wait, Christopher Walken. When did he die?
0: Christa- uh, Christopher Walken's still alive? Yeah, he's still alive. He's Percy Schmeiser is the one who died. Oh my god. I know. Christopher Walken is still with Christopher us. Christopher Walken's died. not method like that. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I feel like he'd be a better actor if he maybe was a little more method. So he.
1: Well, I know Ray Liotta died. I feel like there was another Goodfellas level person who died
0: i could not tell you because i could not tell you any like adult white male actor's name (laughs) damn i genuinely can't (laughs) i I conjured up christopher walken because his name is literally on the title card but other than that i could not
1: i could have sworn he died
0: In a stunning (laughs) are-we-the-bad-guys moment, Monsanto hired some intern to go on its website. I just assume it's an intern. To go on its website and respond to the allegations that Monsanto (laughs) sues random small farmers, essentially taking on the role as, like, the seed police. This becomes a very popular sentiment in the wake of Percy Schmeiser's legal proceedings. Uh, Like, people view Monsanto as, like, this big bully that just bullies the shit Mm -hmm. out of random farmers. So, from Monsanto's archived website, quote, Since 1997, we have only filed suit against farmers 145 times in the United States. Only. This may sound like a lot, but when you consider that we sell seeds to more than 250,000 American farmers a year, it's really a small number. Of these, we've proceeded through trial with only 11 farmers. All 11 cases were found in Monsanto's favor. Under this section, why does Monsanto sue farmers to save seed? They write, quote, A very small percentage of farmers do not honor our technology agreement. Monsanto does become aware, through our own actions or through third parties, of individuals who are suspected of violating our patents and agreements. Where we do find violations, we are able to settle most of them without ever going to trial. In many cases, the farmers remain our customers. Sometimes, however, we are forced to resort to lawsuits
1: what the heck? wow
0: <laughs> they really yada yada over how they find out that farmers are yeah. yeah I was
1: like who's snitching the
0: soil <laughs> I'm so excited to tell you some I wish someone was playing circus music behind this because I think this is such yata clownery yata. on their website <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for honoring my request. They have dedicated web pages with farmers' names on it who they've sued. Oh my God!
2: This is this is like Scientology, <laughs> where they just make hate
0: websites for people who disagree
2: with them for but no reason.
0: This is not like the proper whatever it was Monsanto.com or MonsantoBusiness.com, whatever it was. The truth is, so this is, they have a Percy Schmeiser page. (laughs) The truth is, Percy Schmeiser is not a hero. He's simply a patent infringer who knows how to tell a good story. No, Unlike his neighbors and the vast majority of farmers who plant without a license, or plant patented seeds, Schmeiser saved seed that contains Monsanto's patented technology without a license. As indicated by the trial court in Canada, the seed was not blown in on the wind nor carried in by birds, and it didn't spontaneously appear. Schmeiser knowingly planted the seed in his field without permission or license. And by doing so, he used Monsanto's patented technology without permission. In fact, the courts determined this in three separate decisions. Okay, boo-hoo. Literally, boo-hoo. This is one guy. That They have an entire webpage. They're a multi-billion dollar global corporation at this point. Why are they so butthurt? They're not losing any money. It feels disproportionate. I get that Percy Schmeiser and he's really the only one with any meaningful media attention, right? Like yeah. none of the other farmers get nearly this level of coverage from any organization. So it's just confusing that he's also put in the same like pedestal as the other farmers that are named <laughs> on the website, of which there are like 7. <laughs> okay, apparently I'm the only one who finds that insane. Is, it is a, insane. It's, it's
1: just yeah, I can not even wrap my head around this. It. It's <laughs> like
0: I don't know, it's like like, why is
2: this giant mega-billion-dollar corporation deciding to hate on one small-town man who, it's... like, didn't really do anything that wrong, actually? Mm. And... Maybe
1: the answer is just plain old pettiness. Oh, like, maybe it's, like, I don't know. Because I can't, like, think of a good reason.
2: I mean, if you were that rich... And like that removed from everyday society, and have probably actually never farmed or grown anything in your life because everything you touch dies because you're so evil. Do you think you would be that petty?
0: I mean, rich people As a are bored. Villain?
2: Yeah, rich people are bored. Am I hearing
0: a tapping? Yeah. I feel like I keep hearing I a, tapping. Also
2: feel like I hear a tapping.
0: Yeah. What am I hearing a tapping from? Oh, is it from us like shuffling around in seats? Oh, maybe that is what it is. Aha. Uh-huh okay sally
1: no more shuffling around in no se- more shuffling everyone. we're
0: getting serious in here we're no more shuffling serious time what they don't have a web page for is kem ralph spelled k-e-m ralph let's discuss hmm. at some point in the 90s, farmer ralph farmer ralph okay Chemralph Ralph buys Monsanto seeds. Again, I will tell this as pro-Monsanto as I can muster, just to, again, <laughs> illustrate how insane this is. But I will mention that he vehemently denies ever signing the infamous technology agreement. Kem Ralph does. Okay. And this is not an uncommon thing for people to say. A lot of people do claim that Monsanto forges signatures. <gasps> Whoa! Whoa! But I will just assume that he did in fact sign it, and he is lying, just to okay. once again illustrate that even so, Monsanto still is so fucked up. Uh, yeah. So, uh, somebody places a tip to Monsanto that he's been saving seeds, which he and every other farmer ever readily admits to. Like he mm-hmm. saves seeds and then he plants them year to year.
2: I feel like that would be a really hard habit to break as a lifelong farmer. Mm-hmm. You
0: might be saying, "What do you mean they received a tip?" like how does Monsanto receive a tip about a random farmer in this random place in the United States yeah. they have a hotline for farmers to report one another no <laughs> way <laughs> The number is publicly available, and you can still call it to this day.
2: Yeah, no, this has to be a public action that everyone that listens to this podcast calls
0: in a fake tip. I want to take time to explicitly (laughs) tell y'all that please do not call the number. (laughs) Oh, oh no. (laughs) I know that it's a big form of activism right now to call numbers (laughs) that people tell you to do, but... Uh, harassing whatever employees on the other line. Like, Monsanto has the resources right. to deal with spam calls, and you're just going to get me in trouble. Please do not call them.
3: <laughs>
0: I'm begging you, please don't call the number. That said, I did obviously call the number. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to see if it was still active, which it is, in fact, still active. You press three, and then uh, someone actually responds to you.
2: <laughs> wow. Wow.
0: Anyways, it is still, in fact, a thing, and they do get quite a few <laughs> tips on it.
2: That's insane. Is there, like,
0: a website that, like, tracks
2: it, or is it just internal Monsanto? Internal
0: Monsanto tracking. Wow,
2: you call into the void, and Monsanto answers.
0: Monsanto answers, and they will descend their troops upon you. Oh Why would God. a farmer snitch on another farmer? Well, uh, Ma- yeah. do you get paid? No. <laughs> Monsanto's argument, their public-facing business communication about it, is that farmers don't want to feel like I'm paying for this seed when my neighbor doesn't have to. It's also a series of... Mm,
1: Student loans.
0: I mean, fair. It is is the the classic student loans argument. (laughs) But it is also a thing of they have very targeted marketing towards farmers. And they'll say, like, you'll get in huge trouble if your neighbor has these seeds and it blows onto yours, too. Mm. Like, there's also some self-preservation in there of, like, Damn. if any of this blows onto my field, I'm also fucked. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to call it in because I know that this is happening. This is mm. snitch culture. Or it's snitch culture or it's this. A lot of farmers complain that this is, like, destroying the fabric of farmer communities because mm. yeah. it is tearing people apart. And also, I'm a su- like. So the how you know
2: that it's Monsanto seed is if you use Monsanto herbicide and it doesn't die.
0: That is correct. It is also, I believe, genetically modified to such a degree that you can tell by lo- like looking at it. I think. Do not quote me on that, though. Okay. I have literally no idea. Okay. But through an anonymous tip, Chem Ralph is reported to Monsanto. Once Monsanto receives a tip, a few things will happen. First, they will hire a company to come out and survey your land, as it's perfectly legal for them to do because you signed the fucking agreement. Right. Second. So that people can
2: be in your yard at any time.
0: Literally. They can also take aerial photographs of your yard. Oh my god. (laughs) Google satellite who? Second, they'll hire a law firm. In Missouri, for example, they use the services of Hush and Eppenberger LLC to handle serving your ass. Then they serve you papers. Once Kim Ralph was served, he freaks the fuck out, as is yeah. kind of a reasonable response. I mm-hmm. mean, imagine
2: just going about your daily life. You're, like, in jewel or something, and then someone comes up to you and, like, just hands you papers, or you go home, and then all of a sudden there's, like, a giant, you know, manila envelope saying that you've done something wrong, and you owe thousands and thousands of dollars.
0: Mm-hmm. Or you'll be brought to court where you have to pay even more money. Yeah. yeah. So... Cam Ralph makes a pretty bad choice. He then burns all of the seed that oh. could have been used as evidence against him in court. <gasps> Ends Thanks, the brakes. So he obviously gets caught, and then he is sentenced to several months in prison for what? destroying what the evidence. Yeah, things did not improve for him once he was released. As the judge, who by the by used to work at Hush and Eppenberger LLC, no, oh
2: my, god. <clears throat> oh my god, he is
0: sentenced to pay. Three million dollars in damages to Monsanto. No,
2: what the fuck? How do they calculate that? Uh, th- your guess is as good as mine. My feelings are hurt. That's a million. <laughs> like, <owie>. <laughs> <laughs> I cut my, I cut my, I cut my finger open on the envelope that <laughs> I was licking to send to serve your ass. That's another million. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a million for me. <laughs> I'm also baby, so that's my other million. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm baby TV. <laughs> I'm baby TV. I'm phone.
0: (laughs) I love unintelligible bits. (laughs) I'm sorry this perhaps isn't very good storytelling, but the man obviously does not have this money. He has since filed Chapter 11 bankruptcy to try and save some of his assets, and he's truly fucked for the rest of his life. There's no meaningful way to come back from this one. Oh,
2: my God.
0: So that That, one is not on Monsanto's website. I can't imagine why. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Imagine
2: being like the neighbor that
0: called in that tip. No. I know, I. This is part of the article. But I didn't put it down in the in the thing, but I. F- I'm pretty sure the neighbor was like, "Well, I was nervous that I was gonna get fucked too," and oh no, Cam Ralph said I burned all the seed because I knew they were coming from a neighbors, so it was self preservation, but also preservation for other people.
1: Damn, that my is what he says. Be, my was being a hero.
0: I know. I feel for it. You know, it's not a great choice to burn yeah. all the evidence. Like You're right. That's yeah. not gonna end well for you. True. However, I can really understand the thinking that would go behind that, yeah. which is I'm fucked for the rest of my life. I will do anything to not get caught Yeah, yeah. because I just have practiced the time-honored tradition of saving my fucking seeds because yeah. farmers should just be able to do that. Yeah. So let's scale it up a little bit. As mentioned earlier, the Center for Food Safety's report that I was qu- quoting from was from 2005. As of 2010, they release a follow-up. In the 70-something recorded judgments against farmers that Monsanto had waged, Mm -hmm. they had made $23 million (laughs) from From the farmers farmers in the United States alone. Oh, my God. The largest judgment was of $3 million, which is, I can only assume, Cam Ralph. Mm. The smallest judgment was for $5,000, which is not... That's Not a lot of money. The average judgment was one hundred and seventy-one thousand dollars. That's
1: Jesus Christ!
0: So much money! I it is unfathomable, especially for a farmer in yeah. the United States to just cough up one hundred and seventy thousand dollars, plus your legal fees, plus whatever else, and you have to pay this to again a multi-billion-dollar corporation yeah. for hurting his feelings <laughs> and for like patent infringement. Like that is what this is. Oh my God! This is. So insidious, right? Isn't this a different kind of insidious than before? Yeah, yeah are we having so much fun? This is a
2: different flavor of debauchery that right? that we are seeing from Monsanto because yeah. like there's one on the other hand to cause just like human harm medically mm-hmm. and to wage war and just cause suffering that way. But I feel like making people sign a contract that, and like I, I doubt that there's actually a person out like there that actually explains everything in the contract and like what that means of like people can be in your yard whenever mm-hmm. and like people can, you know, if seeds blow into your neighbor's yard, then your neighbor is also going to like be, be investigated. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And like just trying to fracture communities and like turn your customers into cash cows that way mm. is so insidious. It's crazy that
1: they've hit the trifecta of physical, emotional, and financial abuse.
0: (laughs) The infamous trifecta. You know, the, the by th- Holy
1: Trinity. Of they're
0: ancient. like putting their rings in together. <laughs>
2: <laughs> by the end of the season, I feel like it might be a square or a pentagon, or like a like a pentagon.
0: <laughs> Maybe a dodecahedron. Oh my god! Yeah, I know shapes.
1: Right. Yeah, I, yeah. Deca- yeah, I know that shape too.
0: <laughs> it's twelve, right?
1: Yes. Mm, yeah, of course, Amy. You fool! <laughs> you think it'd be eleven? Get out! Get
0: out of here! What is eleven? Uh, icosahedron? No, that's 20 maybe.
2: Yeah, you fool. Yeah,
0: Amy. (laughs) (laughs) Amy, leave. (laughs) That's a million. You hurt my feelings. So the Center for Food Safety is also able to see the judgments that Monsanto settled. I'm sorry, judgments. The cases that Monsanto settles outside of court. Okay. That's not publicly available information, so you're probably wondering how did they get their hands on it. Monsanto would just post it themselves. Wow. (laughs) They would post. This is like a screen grab from their website of how much they would sue farmers for, how much they settled for in Illinois alone. (laughs) And a map of where they were, like, suing farmers. Oh my and this God. was put on their website as a warning to farmers. Like, if you fuck up our patent infringement, we will come for you. So they put all of this on their website. And I highly recommend the Center for Food Safety's Appendix 1 in the 2010 update, which is linked in the description. It adds up all of these Monsanto settlements. And at minimum, again, this is pre-2010, Monsanto settled with farmers out of court and made Again, bare minimum $85 million.
2: Oh my God. This is like an entirely separate revenue stream, then. Yes. Like, this is like a system that they have set up purposefully so that they can make money through backdoor, like, dealings. Mm-hmm. I mean, I say dealings, but backdoor extortions mm-hmm. of rural farmers. Mm-hmm. And, like, that is an entirely separate and valid revenue stream within their company that they work to uphold, along with normal people behavior of selling products and, like, getting money mm. from selling a valid product.
1: But it's crazy because this is chump change to them.
2: Right? It this is, is chump change to them.
1: To
0: I feel like, so what you said about it being a valid revenue stream, totally fair, but I also do feel like it's just a closed feedback loop of their lawyers, like, yeah, getting their it, own fucking money.
1: That's really just it.
0: <laughs> what else could it be? Like, right.
2: Like, people, like, lawyers can make their livelihood being suing farmers for Monsanto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then people in Monsanto can just have a job at Monsanto, and all they do is like monitor the tip line and like mm-hmm. listen to farmers tell on each other. And this is like a little, a little.
0: Yeah, like Microcosm a... Microcosm of that. Yeah, you know, yeah,
2: it's uh, like a division almost, like, within the company, and their only job is to, like, make farmers core. suffer. <laughs> <An> elite, <laughs> core. elite core. core
0: scammers. The SWAT team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to read something else from this page, but it really, I could not have said it any better myself. That is exactly what we've got. They also call it um, seed piracy matters. <laughs> They call it Ugh. seed piracy. Yikes! So silly. Hey,
1: seed piracy matters.
0: Seed piracy matters. Good morning, seed pirates. <laughs> Yuck. Susan Lockhart, the trait stewardship coordinator, said, "Quote: People. Oh, this is of the hotline that Monsanto has set up because okay. they have people explaining from within Monsanto why they have this hotline, <laughs> doing like corporate damage control. That
1: hotline bling <laughs>
0: can only mean one thing." Mm. i'm glad you lived up to your drakes have to do at least once. susan lockhart the trait stewardship coordinator said quote people need someone to call they can't just sit and stew about it a lot of people that call have a personal sense of ethics that a line has been crossed i feel really good about what i do Jesus i don't Christ. do this because i enjoy putting people on the spot or having investigators go out and check them i'm helping to make the playing field fair I am not a bad person. I like. I am
2: a good. I am a good person, actually. And my work is not bad. And you are bad for thinking that my work is bad. You are bad. I am good. I don't even know why I read the quote.
1: <laughs> See, this is why we gotta bring back bullying. This <laughs> fucking nerd over here.
0: So her, I would assume, boss at the time. It's the trait stewardship lead, Scott Beckham, said. Quote. I think that we've reached a very good balance between what's best for society as a whole and what's best to motivate this new technology through being able to patent these kinds of advances. I think it's going to be a very sustainable way of feeding a growing world population. (laughs) Yeah. Go fuck yourself, man. No way. Oh, my God. (laughs) That is silly. Yeah, so that we can all eat
2: only tomatoes because every single other edible thing (laughs) has been killed by the one
0: (laughs) other product that you make. To be clear, they do make more than just tomatoes. Right. Yeah. But- <laughs> I think it's going to be a very sustainable way of feeding a growing world population. Is so goofy to say. Oh I love God. it for him. So listen. I think I've done a fairly decent job, a serviceable job, setting up how all of this works. Yeah. The legal mech. Thank you. The legal <laughs> mechanism that Monsanto can use to enforce its patent rights. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I've done that good of a job getting at the personal cost of having your life fucking wrecked by Monsanto. Mm-hmm. Don't be so hard on yourself. Well, oh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. But all that is to say, goddamn near every country with any meaningful agriculture industry, so all of them, has had this kind of interaction with Monsanto. They don't necessarily have the same issue of, like, small farmers getting the shit suit out mm-hmm. of them, but mm. an entire country will try and stand up to Monsanto and just lose. So there aren't much they aren't much in the biz of suing random farmers across the world. That's exactly what I just said. Quote, oh, so I wanted to end on Marie Monique Robbins' interview with two Indiana farmers. <laughs> They're just literal randos who settled with Monsanto outside of court.
1: Shout out to Indiana.
0: Shout out to Indiana. Hey. I think she just does a good job getting at the personal cost of all of this. Because yeah. even in what is a throwaway case for Monsanto, like, oh, we bullied them and then we won immediately. right? Didn't right. have to spend years fucking with them in court. Not even on the website. It, not even on the website. This is still the impact that it has. Quote, patents have changed everything, said Troy Roosh, an Indiana farmer who was a victim of the Gene Police. When I met him oh on his... Oh my God, right, the Gene police? police, what a oh. sick name. When I met him on his Van Buren farm in October 2006, quote, I really advise European farmers to think very hard before they get into transgenic crops. Afterwards, nothing will be the same. Hearing this six-foot-tall, rugged man say these words while holding ba- back both tears and anger was deeply moving. She is, again, French, so she's, she's like, oh. Well,
1: this country person can, has emotion. <laughs>
0: <laughs> quote, his nightmare began in the fall of 1999 with a visit from a private detective from Monsanto. What? Who told them that he was, quote, doing an investigation of farmers who save their seed. That year, Roosh, who ran a family farm with his brother and father, said he had planted 500 acres of Roundup Ready soybeans for a seed company with which he had signed a contract. He had also planted 1,200 acres of conventional soybeans with seeds that he had saved from his preceding harvest. Okay, so he signed a contract with a separate
2: company. Mm-hmm. And with the sole purpose of gathering the seed from he, the
0: soybeans? He had he was legally planting Roundup Ready soybeans and just uh-huh. also his other soybeans. Oh, okay. So okay. he's got two fields. Okay. One of which has Roundup okay. Ready, one of which doesn't. So
2: when you say he contracted with the seed company, it means he bought the seeds yes. instead of the company
0: being designed to create more seeds. He All of these are still Monsanto seeds. Okay. I think he just bought them from a the third party, okay. which is still the same technology. Totally, about. yeah. Quote, It was very easy to tell which fields were under contract, as the contract clearly stipulated, he told me. I offered to let the detective consult the documents and my herbicide invoices, but he refused. What? In May 2000, he was sued. Supporting Monsanto's claim was a topographical map and analyses of samples taken from his property without his permission. (gasps) Quote, there were several glaring mistakes. For example, one of the suspected fields was in reality planted with conventional corn for the Weaver Popcorn Company, which I was easily able to prove. So Mm. they're on his farm. They're just, like, investigating people already in the area anyways. Right. They mistakenly think that he is illegally saving seeds or doing whatever and planting more Uh than he should be.
3: Uh Uh-huh.
0: Quote, why did you negotiate a settlement with Monsanto, I asked. He responds, we had already spent $400,000 to establish our innocence. Wow. Oh, my God. So at that point, the best they can do is just settle and pay Monsanto whatever more money and let it go. Despite Ugh. the fact that, once again, he literally did nothing wrong.
1: That's nuts.
0: But he saw he saw the train coming for him. Yeah. And spent nearly half a million fucking dollars just to say, I did not infringe your fucking patent. No. All right. That's crazy. They just
2: don't, under, like, Monsanto just doesn't know when to quit.
0: <laughs> literally, you can say a lot about him, <laughs> But you can't say they don't know when to quit.
2: They don't know, they
1: don't have to.
0: <laughs> Quote, After two and a half years, the family was totally wiped out. I no longer had the strength to face a trial with an uncertain outcome because precedent unfortunately favors Monsanto, which is right, they've never lost in the United States for patent infringement, which has unlimited resources for this kind of case and has everything under control. If the company had won, we would have lost everything because it would have taken everything. Everything. Mm -hmm. Also, when I asked my lawyer what I would gain from going to trial, he told me, quote, just the glory of being found innocent. Oh, my God. That's like, oh, that's the best you can hope for, is the yeah. glory of oh being found like you didn't do it. In the middle of this conversation, David Runyon, another Indiana farmer who had been visited by detectives in 2003, came into the room. Well, I don't know, if they're, where are they hanging out, yeah, where he what? just comes into the room? <laughs> the detectives had left a business card with the name McDowell & Associates and a startling logo. A large M superimposed on a row of men wearing capes and black hats. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> According to him, these were Monsanto agents claiming to have an agreement with the Indiana Department of Agriculture, authorizing them to inspect the fields of farmers suspected of piracy. David Runyon wrote immediately to Senator Evan Bay, who had checked the claim and confirmed that it was a lie, (laughs) in a letter that Monique, Monique Robin has a copy of. Quote, Patents ruined the life of rural communities, David Runyon told me, obviously very upset. They destroyed trust between neighbors. Personally, I only talk to two farmers these days. And before he agreed to meet with you or even talk to you on the phone, I checked on Google to see who you were. Anyways. He only talks to two farmers. Only two farmers. That's crazy. The large M superimposed on a row of men wearing capes and black hats. Has been killing me all day. Yeah. I have needed to tell somebody about there it. There was
2: probably someone in the design room being like, all right, y'all, this <laughs> is gonna fuck.
0: It's <laughs> gonna go so hard. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's
0: gonna make those farmers so scared. Jesus Christ. That's, that's also the most are we the bad guys thing I've ever seen. Yeah. It reminds me, I don't know why, of like the dirty bubble from SpongeBob and like that whole group of super <laughs> villains. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, that is actually the end of what I
1: had. That's nuts.
0: So, oh, okay, all of this is also to say, Roundup-ready crops also cause an incredible amount of destruction in Argentina, Brazil, India, for vastly different reasons that I have literally no time to talk about on the podcast. Yeah, There is a treasure trove of information out there that you can also find about more Roundup shit. I just wanted to clarify this patent infringement thing because it was in- interesting enough to talk about for a fucking hour. <laughs> and here we are. Uh, what are our last impressions here, folks? How are we doing? Oh, also, <laughs> all of this is assuming that the technology works, and it mm-hmm. doesn't a lot.
1: <laughs> I Strangely, I think this one depressed me more than the body horror episode. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I think there's something just like... I think it's because this is not, like... My son's not saving their ass. They're just doing this because they can. Mmm. Like... This is and all. Of this oh, is sorry. meaningless, and they just ruin lives just because, because, because nothing.
0: Because, mm. because oh, money go up. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's not even money that they like
1: need. Like you said, it just pays the lawyers who are doing this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh wow. That's
0: and funny. I think it's mostly a. Cultural capital thing mm. where if people know that Monsanto is this big scary bully villain, they will not fuck around mm. and Scientifically the transgenic crops also contaminate other Crops like yeah. they it's not just some of them happen in your field. They also like mutate or whatever mm-hmm. I don't know enough about the science to fluently explain it, but I know that it's been a big problem sure. of Like Monsanto literally infecting contaminating fields there's fields in also Mexico that have been, uh, you could think of any region in the world and you could just type in Monsanto after it and then you will find something. <laughs> it will yield some sort of horrific roundup ready crop thing.
1: Yeah, gotta, gotta burn this place down.
0: I mean, I didn't say it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they also, wait, I do have one thing to end on. Um, so, because there's a problem of transgenic crops just like contaminating other crops, mm. they came up with this one called the Terminator, which is programmed to be sterile and like self destruct after its first life cycle, which then somehow also contaminates other seeds to become sterile. Oh, <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs> God, it's so terrible. And I wish I had the time to fluently explain the whole thing, but I don't. And we're here and we are on the bus to visit Spiro Comedy Podcast. <laughs>
1: Hell <laughs> oh, yeah, song. I come, see you out here.
0: Come through a musical theater. Here's my sources. <clears throat> Enjoy.
1: Don't lie. These are, okay, this is actually just a picture of Christian with her <laughs> middle fingers up.
0: Both of them. <laughs> but I gotta raise them both up. Beautiful press on nails. Thank you. So, yeah, how are you guys doing?
1: Jesus Christ. We need Captain Planet more than ever.
0: Aw. Yeah, Blender Blue is depressed. Amy, how are you doing? I'm okay.
3: <laughs> um. Jesus.
0: <laughs> I think
2: I think corporate like I feel like I have the inverse relationship to human suffering that Blender does because Um. it just, you know, depresses me to hear about people experiencing illness and like physical Mm. pain. Yeah. And the bankrupting. Of innocent people and the litigiousness of evil evil corporations just for the sake of having a little bit of fun and like maybe saving a little bit of money mm-hmm. is like more of a brain puzzle to me because it's it's frustrating to me because I truly just there's no
0: reason for it like mm-hmm. there's no reason for it that makes sense yeah. This has been Busted Business Bureau, Monsanto Season, Episode 4. Once again, if you want to support the podcast, you can go on patreon.com slash bustedbizbureau. Uh, y'all want to plug anything on your way out?
1: Uh, bust, <laughs> uh, Busted Business Bureau live show, October 1st. <laughs> October 20th, uh, Not That Late
0: Show, Newport Theater, 8 p.m. Yeah. featuring TBD. I love the Not, Let, Not That Late Show at the Newport Damn. Theater, which is on every last fri- or every last Thursday of the month or every yeah, third Thursday? something like that. It's, and some Thursdays at <laughs> yeah. some point, but not that late show. It is an excellent show. Hey. Amy, anything else? Um, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. All right, I will see you all. Episode five. Bye. 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 Ooh.